Welcome back to the Barefoot Punter. Mug here. I've got Logical with me. Dicko's in the house and we've got Benedict and we're ready to talk 2021 AFL and NRL. We'll go to you first, Logical. How are you, mate? Yeah, very well, Mug. And um, I'm slightly disappointed because I've been overruled. We've lost the jingle that we had a few years ago and I, I really like that jingle. It was actually... Bit of a backstory to that jingle. There's a bit of a uh, bit of conjecture about who actually sings on that. A few people have said that it. I think Dicko seems to think that it's me, but uh, maybe give the story on where that one came from. Yeah, true story. A, a good friend, Tiger Gribble, off Round the Twist, aka Cameron Nugent, good friend of the show. He put he sung that jingle for us with the with the guitar in the background. Um, I think Steve Curry or Bernard Curry in the background with the guitar, and uh, and we've been overruled. We've lost it. Well, it might find its way back in uh, somewhere. Dicko, uh, Dicko's yeah, yeah, not happy with the jingle. It's just been brought up as you know, potentially needs a bit of work. Um, it, it's your show. So. And how are you, Dicko? Good to see you, mate. Yeah, up and about. Yeah, um, really excited to be here. Uh, no, I, I am excited because last last year our man, the Silver Fox, found a stack of value in the futures markets. So this week's show is going to be futures AFL. And round one rugby league, so big effort last year, but you got to sort of back it up, don't you? I'm sure they've <laughs> no problems with that. We've just got a new nickname, the Silver Fox, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and of course, um, and Dicko mentioned uh, NRL. And we've got our uh, NRL man who's joining us for the whole season. We've got the Pope Benedict. Thanks, Dioso. Exciting afternoon. Fresh off teams being announced for round one, so team minus forty eight hours till. Season kicks off NRL. Very exciting, Popey. Did you happen? Yes, to, did you happen to catch uh, Danny Wardler, Channel Nine? Channel Nine. Um, there was vision of my man, your man, our man, once New Zealand's man, now Australia's man, Rusty Russell Crow, riding his mountain bike to training just to go and check on the boys because he owns the he owns the club. No, I've, I've missed that. Of Rusty, Rusty's. Been in a good paddock. Yeah, things full, have changed since the gladiator. Beard, there. Yeah. Blonde bird behind him, surely in her 20s. <laughs> How good is he going? You didn't see it. I missed the footage. I might have been just too taken by his physique because it is, uh, it's quite a unique frame he's operating with now and, and things have certainly changed in the last I think he's having so. a bit of trouble getting rid of that Roger Ailes weight. So, anyway, I thought it was, it. yet again, massive, massive behaviour from Russell. Yeah, in, in a big week of stories, so that's to be the lead item, it must be quite. Quite the interesting vision. <laughs> when you go and watch the vision, you you you'll be blown away. Radio. So we're going to um, we, we're going to try and chop it into two halves. We'll talk a bit of AFL, and then we'll uh, then we'll get stuck into some NRL. So we're going to um, we're going to talk to logical mainly first. So Cam, wh- what have you actually? Hold uh, on, hold on. Before we get into that, I just want to get a little bit of a breach on the topic of our favourite segment. Oh yes, our one and only. Lead us in. Bad beats. <laughs> now we don't have any bad beats this week. We, we're, we're just getting we're just getting going, but but we want to sort of bring this up because we want we want engagement from our from our listeners, and we want to let them know where they can they can submit their bad beats so that you know the best bad beat beat every week will be uh, presented on the show and there'll be a prize awarded. Yeah, absolutely. Just um, tweet that into at Barefoot Punter. 
one and uh, and we'll get those uh, bad beats and uh, problem shared is a problem halved. So uh, if you've uh, if you've got uh, if you've got some bad beats, send them through. <laughs> Hashtag bad beats or uh, and you can also you can find the barefoot punter on the mailbag as well. Absolutely. So um so Cam, let's uh, let's jump in and start talking some AFL. Let's first talk talk about some rule changes. So there's been some pretty significant things happen uh, in the AFL this year. And I guess how do you see that impacting from a punting point of view? Yeah, so firstly we're going back to a full season of games and that will be interesting in terms of um, the teams that have got older lists will will struggle a little bit more again. Uh, we're going back to longer quarters. Um, which I don't like, uh, unpopular opinion, but I don't like the longer quarters. I enjoyed the shorter quarters. We, do you think that's unpopular opinion? I do. I heard a lot of people saying, I can't wait for the longer quarters to come back. <laughs> I must admit, I, I was one of those people that was saying, I'm looking forward to the, the longer quarters coming back. And then when I started watching that game on f- Friday night, I think it was the Carlton Saints. I was going, how long does this go for? <laughs> Bring back the 16 minutes. Uh, it seemed like a long time. But anyway, we'll see how we go. Yeah, so the, yeah, the longer quarters, longer season, uh, the lower re- rotations down from 90 to 75. Yep. So I think a 20, 20% reduction. I'm still a little bit... Um, We'll just say question. I'm put the question's still out, or the jury's still out on what effect the lower rotations will have. I, a lot of people seem to think it has a big effect, but I've I can't really see it so much. Um, and then the big ones, the man on the mark rule, which which I don't like, but it will have a fair bit of an effect because first thing it'll do it'll it'll make goal kicking more accurate because. When someone's 50 out, now they're sort of running to the side and they're getting more distance. Yep. Um, or even if they're on an angle, they run a little bit off to the side and they can't get as much pressure on that kick. Uh, any sort of angle kick is more, is going to be easier with the man on the mark. Um, and also just in general play, people can just play on, handball the man next to them and the man on the mark stuck there. And it's a real – it's taking that man on the mark skill out of the game. It's an unnatural thing to do. I really don't like it. And it's going to create more 50-metre penalties as well. So, again, more scoring there. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, and let's jump in and start uh, moving to some uh, futures for 2021. Um, you've, you've thrown your eye over a couple of things, uh, prem- uh, minor premiership and um, and also maybe touch on a little bit of Brownlow for us. Yeah, so I was having a bit of a look at the teams that I think that have performed the best in the trading period and then also the, tr- the teams that have got the best draws and the worst draws and where they aligned. And one team that came up, for me, was from last year, was Port Adelaide. Dicko looks a bit upset by not this. Hap- not <laughs> happy, Dicko. What's, what's the problem there? One of the only pieces of content I've actually consumed over the last like, four months to do with footy was a – might have been our old mates at SEN, but it was an article sort of wrapping up a Swans draft pick. Probably too early for him to have a significant impact on the season. But I'm good that you're getting excited about the Swannies early on, Dicko. Invested. Oh. Bud's back. Bud won't be there round one, but he will be back. Um, yeah, so what What I aligned, Port had a really good trade period. St Kilda had a really good trade period. Port have got a really good draw this year. St Kilda haven't got such a good draw. I really wanted to be keen on the Saints, but now I've had a bit more of a look at their, their draw. Not so keen. But Port Adelaide, I really like because both of those are uh, decent for them. They, they, they finished minor premiership last year, which we know. And... To get the home games as per normal, but why would I would be backing? I wouldn't be backing for the premiership because you know you got the 
I'd be backing them in the minor premiership because you've got teams like the Tigers. They don't care about finishing on top. They're just happy to roll along and come good in the finals. Um, but whereas they're Port... Gonna get, they're always going to get that home grand final, so it's a lot less relevant for those sort of clubs, isn't it? Except when COVID hits. And, um, and, and just on that one, Cam, so for the listeners out there, how then does that translate down the line into things like making top four, uh, making top eight, those sorts of things? Do you still feel there's value um, for that same team in all of those markets or would you, do you just be looking at minor premiership? Yeah, I think the I think the eight dollars was the best I saw for the minor. That's where I liked the, the, that value for a futures price. I don't want to be tying up my money for the whole season if it's anything less than you know, like around that even money mark. Why waste your, waste your money unless it's an absolute sure thing? I think they're five to four for the top four, so I probably wouldn't back that even shorter for the top eight. Um, five to four, uh, two dollars twenty five for decimal. Thanks, Dicko. Yeah, that's right. It's a good, good, very good point. Yeah, two twenty-five for the for the top four. Um, yeah, so I'd only be sort of looking at them at the minor. I I don't mind it for the flag, but I think they're better bet for the minor premiership. And what what are some of the actual trades they made? Port. Some of the tra- oh the trades. So they picked up Alir Alir, um, who was, and they picked up Arazio, two great named players. And all those, and, and not, not, not trade, but all those young, young guns, I guess, get another year in, into them and, 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 you know, they could go to another level again, those guys. Although yeah. Rosie, I think, is a little bit injured, unfortunately. But, um, yeah. but they've got some great young players there that they did, will only get better. They didn't lose too much. I think they lost Westoff and they might have lost... Um, um, Ebert. Ebert and yeah. maybe one other, but not, not a lot of talent lost. So they should yep. retain a lot of that, that core talent they had last year, but they, they've, they've traded well. Got a good draw. So and what were they? Down. I think they were, what, six six or seven points off the Tigers and about ten off the Cats, was it? Or, or, they, or they were there. They were right at the pointy end anyway. So oh, they, could have, they could have won that prelim. Yeah, they're going to go well again. Yep. Okay, cool, mate. Yeah. And did you want to talk some Brownlow? Uh, I actually want to just talk about, I know that the, the mug here, he doesn't like, he says he doesn't like to bet on Hawthorne games, <laughs> but will he, will he commit and bet on, what's his thoughts on the Hawks for the spoon? Because I know he's potting the Hawks massive. Yeah, <laughs> I'm actually pretty concerned about the Hawks, to be fair. And the only thing that gave me a bit of confidence was uh, about a week or so ago, Kingy said they were a moral for the wooden spoon. So that, that gave me a bit of confidence that we're not going to get the wooden spoon. I think Kingy actually backflipped today and, and already admitted that the Hawks aren't going to win the wooden spoon. Um, oh, yeah, I'm, concern- I'm concerned about our, um, about our big men, to be honest. Like, I know Kaczynski came out on the weekend and kicked a few, but I, I think we're really – some people would say Hawthorne have been spineless for a long time, but I am <laughs> genuinely worried about our spine. Who, who are our picks for the spoon? Who are some of the clubs this year that, if you follow them, this is the year to sort of focus on fantasy footy and maybe play some long-term bets so you've got something to roar each week? One of them's the team that's um, yours truly, I think, Dicko, you'd be well aware of, the Swannies. They're a chance. Um, Hawthorne and Essendon, they're at good prices. Like, they've got a lot of injuries and lost a lot of talent. They were the two that really went poorly in the trade period. And then you've got North Melbourne and Adelaide that are the, the favourites in the market. Very good. And um, do you agree with that? Oh, well. If you're not tipping the Hawks, where, where what's the tip? Uh, it's not a market that I, I would be betting on, but um, I think North Melbourne are in a fair bit of trouble. I, I do think that they're going to struggle to score. 
they've they've lost their their big man Benny Brown. I mean, he didn't do much from last year anyway. But um, yeah, but fair go to him. Like, not an easy job being a big key forward in a, in a shit. Yeah, side. A- absolutely. I, I think their midfield will be a little bit better because uh, they get Taron Thomas missed a fair bit. Uh, or, or they cut him loose towards the end. And um, LDU, I think, gets better. But Cunnington looks like he's injured again. So, geez, he's so important for him, Cunnington. And I'm, I'm pretty pretty worried about, about North. That's the one team I think that we will finish in front of. So, And then um, just the other one in the future is the team I am potting that went really poorly. And I know you don't agree with this one, Mug, but um, they went really poorly in the trade period and they went, uh, they've got a really bad draw is Collingwood. And I think they're in a bit of trouble. So I wouldn't be going near them in anything. Yep. They're, they're, they are a fascinating watch. Well, they're the biggest club in the AFL. They're the most talked about club in the AFL. And they slaughtered the way they handled the trade. They slaughtered the way they handled the media. And they're, they're, they're like this football royalty, like Buckley and co. That He's got to deliver something. It's going to be yeah. fascinating to watch, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yep. A lot of pressure. A lot of pressure for them. All right, and um, yeah, just just you, you asked me about the Brownlow. Um, I what I was going to say is I'm not going to tip up anything. The Brownlow, I think, like most years, Brownlow's been a really successful market for me to bet in. But I won't be tipping anything early. I, I generally don't. I'd like to see games early. I like to see a player that has changed their percentage of votes they're in for a team. A player that's improved a lot, and their team's winning games, and then bang, get involved. So basically, what you're saying is like everything else in life. Momentum. <laughs> you like Port because they, they played well last year and they traded well. Bit of momentum. <laughs> right. I think you did go. Everyone said the momentum is one of the most important things in life. I can't, I can't, can't disagree with him too much. And then, Mug, um, you were gonna, you've had a look at a couple of markets for us. Yeah, I had a look at the Rising Star and the Coleman. And um, for those that uh, followed us last year, the things that I'm about to say aren't too different from what I said last year. Um, <laughs> With, with the rising star, I, I just think now the recruiters are so on top of the market. Like the, the recruiters are doing the heavy lifting. Um, they're getting it right more often than not. And the rising star is generally a, a top 10 pick. So you can sort of cast your eye a little bit over what's happening in that top 10 and, and make your decisions from there. Look, Raul, is, I mean, we said it last year and and probably going to say it again, he he is the obvious choice, um, but the bookies <laughs> have priced that accordingly, and and have got him. I think a dollar. They've got him a dollar thirty three, or you know, dollar thirty, or, or something like that. that. Is literally so like winks. All it's got to do is just like jump. Okay, get through its work and finish the race. Who would you rather be on Winks or uh, Winks? Yeah, obviously Winks rather than Matty Rao. Well, winks will take you like a, a minute twenty. Going to take you six months. Yeah, yeah so so I don't, I don't think that we can be having that. So I get, that's probably the first port of call. Look at the top draft picks. Um, I want to look at are they going to play? So what is the reality that these guys are actually go- going to play? And a lot of the time, the guys, I mean, the top dra- ten draft picks are, are normally from the bottom teams because that's how the draft works. So uh, you get those guys, but in the better teams or the middle of the road teams, maybe they're not going to get as much game time. The next thing I'll probably look at is body shape. So weight and height, just because we know, even though there might be some really impressive guys, anyone above that sort of 190, sort of 193 centimetres, 
they're a bit gangly. They don't really get the the airtime. They're not going to hold down a key position spot unless they're an absolute freak. Big thick boys take time to furnish. It's yeah, like, <laughs> like staying horses. They do, and um, and then yeah, I guess position. Are they you know are they going to play midfield? Are they going to you know have that sort of free running off the half back? Uh, that's probably another thing that we want to look at. So I can give you a, a couple of names of the ones that I've sort of. I've had a little sprinkle, a little couple of bets on, on these guys. Um, I think one thing that's interesting for this year's Rising Star is there. there is a lot of guys that qualify from the draft prior, probably because of the 17-game season last year. So you've got to be less than 10 games. And, um, and also because of COVID, maybe some guys didn't get the opportunity that they would have. So there's probably a few guys from the previous draft that are actually going to figure uh, quite heavily in this as well. Um, Dylan Stevens from Sydney, I like him. Um, Hayden Young, I think, is a real player, and he, and and I think the the style of football with the the change of rules really suits him. Uh, Tom Green from GWS uh, has proved himself already to be a, a good player, and then the guys from this year's draft, I like Braden Campbell and Tanner Brunn. Uh, so Braden Campbell is from Sydney, and Tanner Brunn or Bruin, I'm not sure how to quite say that, but uh, they they were the ones from this year's draft that that were a nice price, and I think are going to play some good significant footy. Couple of Sydney players gets Dicky, Dicko up and about. Um, great insights there, Mug. Really good, real thorough. Inside, one thing, one thing I would, one thing that you did miss, Jamara, Google Hagen. I saw some clickbait today. <laughs> He's dating Mia Favola. Sickening, like that's just ruling him out for the rising star. <laughs> <laughs> I think the thing. I, what about the insight though into the mug? <laughs> like the first market he's come off with, like out of the gates. I'm going to bet on a market where basically I'm mainly roaring that that the, the game's next superstar like hurts himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sick, sick. <laughs> um, I think uh, I, I actually think he, I, I think Jamara Hugo Hagen's actually uh, a little bit of poison. I think they've got him. I think they've got him uh, third on the, on the betting line. There, uh, logical, and uh, and I'm not sure he's going to play for half the season. I think Bevo's pretty much just unless he's trying to put us off the scent, but he's basically saying that his fitness isn't at AFL level. So I don't think he's going to play much footy, the young kid. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll pass on him. Righto, Mark, let's finish off with some futures uh, betting. Are we just stemming into one or are we uh, sprinkling a couple here in the Coleman medal? Last year you articulated yourself very, very well here. Yeah, the Coleman medal, and there's, a, there's another layer of it uh, this year, I think, with the the rule changes. But the one thing I would say is forget the little fellas. Don't worry about the little guys. They don't win. Um, there's only really been two smaller players in about the last 40 years, maybe even maybe it's even 50 years now, and that was Malcolm Blight and uh, and Lethal Lee. They're basically the only two smaller type forwards that have won it for forever, for a long right, time. How tall is Malcolm Blight? Six foot. That's not short. Uh, it is in this caper, Dicko. <laughs> um so, um, so previous last about the last twenty five years, the shortest bloke to win is Favola, and he's six foot two. So, um, so yeah, the little fellas don't win. So don't worry about. Fav's getting a run on episode one, isn't so, he? So don't worry about. So don't worry about those guys. So we want to look at the big fellas, but I really think this year in particular, um, it the the bigger guys that lead. So the guys I'm thinking of here are Hawkins, um, Josh Kennedy, uh, Tommy Lynch. Um, Depending on JK's durability, you might even want to think Darling and and maybe the same thing for Lynch. But Lynch has been pretty durable. He's, he's played a lot of games. The other one there might be Rewalt that you, that you have a look at. But uh, but for mine, um, JK, 
Lynch. The only reason I probably wouldn't be as excited about the Hawk, I reckon he misses about 15 goals this year with Ablett not playing. Ablett used to kick it to the Hawks so often um, that he'd probably lose a bit. And Jeremy Cameron also being down there I as well. Saw takes yeah, I, I tried to raise up Swamp, yeah, but yeah. you're getting some stats, man. So try and do your dirty work for you there the other day, Mark. Yeah. Trying to get some stats on that. I tried. To, yeah, I tried yeah. to raise up the Swamp. He's been pretty good to me in the past. <laughs> he'll uh, he'll flick me a bit of information. But well, um, what about Charlie Dixon then? If we're if we're roaring on the port like bandwagon early, they're going to be winning games of footy. They're going to be playing at home. Dixon's going to kick a lot of goals. I've got no doubt about that. Um, Charlie, I'm not as. Um, and Abbott about him on the lead. I don't think he probably gets as many on the lead as the other boys. And uh, and his goal kicking can go a little bit. So in a year, in a year, I think where goal kicking is going to go up. The boys that can steer him straight and not have the the head noise when they're going for him. And I think to, for me, Tom Lynch, J.K. Um, I reckon there's an angle the in um, in finding blokes who play a lot at Etihad. Yeah, oh, sorry. That Dixon's and that will play that, a stack that, of games at Adelaide Oval at night when it's dewy and shitty and hard to catch the pill. That's, that's like your Ben Browns and that have always played at yeah. Etihad where it's just like... I've actually, I've actually got the King Boys uh, written down here for a bit of outside. And if you're going to look at the King Boys, who's going to go better this year? St Kilda's probably going to go better and, and they play under the roof. So I, th- I think that's a good call. So, Mark, you've named about six there. What's your tip? Well... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did get me there. Um, look, I would say Tom. Jeez, he's got some palings. I, 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 I would say Tom Lynch, uh, but I I don't like really just saying to the punters back the favourite. Um, so JK, JK, but Tom Tom Lynch. He's probably that's okay, the, so that's the one I probably he's, like. He's the most. having a bit each way there. Let's hope he gets a little bit stronger than that through the year. <laughs> I, I tell you what, we what I'm. Can't wait for though, Benny Rawlings. He won't be sitting on the fence. And we've got NRL coming up. So looking forward to that. All right, Benny. There's so much to talk about with NRL this week. I don't know where to start. There's there's Cooper Cronk, there's this big game on Thursday night. But I think if we before we get to that, let's let's get a thought on a couple of the futures markets and and um, lead us through that. Maybe starting with uh, the, the premiership. Yeah, we can start there, Cam. Um, top floor top four at the top is pretty blanket, so um, most Common convention is that Storm, Souths, Roosters, and Penrith. There's not much between them, um, and and that's probably true. So purely on the price um, in betting parlance, the Canberra I have pretty close to that top four, and as a result, I I have the ten dollars to win the comp. Really good value. Um, they get back the player they missed last year. So Josh Hodgson, which is their best player, he comes back off an ACL. The hooker. The hooker. Yeah. The English hooker, he comes back after missing all last year, and they made a preliminary final. Sands Hodgson, so um, commendable effort, and they're only going to improve. I think so. I think I think they're really close to those other top four teams I mentioned, and real home ground advantage down in Canberra. I, I think they're good value at ten dollars. Do you think there's a chance though of overrating, overvaluing like the hookers, and like he's a big one hand scoop man, kind of like Cook for South, and like when when PVL, no PVL. When when they changed the rules last year, everyone got a lot of lead in the pencil for Cook, this is going to really suit South because of Cook, and it didn't really eventuate. Yeah, that's that's true, Dico. I probably with Josh, so much goes through him for Canberra, so he's the uh, he's the epicenter of all their attack at Canberra. So he's he's a little bit different to your to your standard Hooker. He's probably more in the Smith mould as opposed to Cook, who's um, if you haven't heard, he was a beach sprinter, so he's. He's quick off the mark. He, um, Hodgson is more game manager, 
sort of pinpoints where to target. Um, he's, he's huge for Canberra. Yeah, I, I like it, Benny. They, I think they were runner-up the year before, prelim last year, is that right? And then my only question is the coach. I think the coach is a bit legless, but um, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> but um, yeah, oh. really like it. Um, <laughs> all right, and uh, the next tip uh, I think you're going to go for us was the, uh, the spoon or the top four? Let's let's go with the positive metrics first. Yep. Uh, top four, we'll go. Th- so Newcastle top four, I have them rated pretty highly. To be honest, with you. their best team on paper is um, up there with the with the, the top five or six in the competition. Why? Who who have they brought in this off season that's strengthened that roster? And you're obviously comfortable, confident that the the controversy which surrounded their off season will unite the boys. Yeah, well, you'll be happy with this, Dicko. Another hooker. So, Jaden Braley missed most of... Hang on, MZ, if you're listening, that's the guy who picks up the ball when they play it after the tackle. It's not a sexual reference at all. That's right. It touches, touches the ball every play. If that's the hooker, who's the halfback? I thought that was the halfback. The hooker's the nine. This is for our Victorian listeners. The hooker's a little bloke who runs around everywhere, the Cameron Smith. He gets the, all the play of the balls, picks up the, picks up the nut, gives it to the, to the halfback, who then gives it to a big four to truck that nut. And then if they're going to get a little bit fancy, the, the halfback then finds a 5'8", and they might get it out to the outside backs. You won't hear a better description than that. That, that sums up rugby Forwards league track nut, hookers collect nut. It's, uh, the Newcastle top four, looking around, there's about $5 out there, Benny. Yeah, it's a big price, Kim. I yeah. think I, I, have them rated, I have them rated pretty much with Parramatta, who I think will say about three fifty in the market for top four, and, and I have them on that level. So I think... Um, they're a good bet. They're, there's a couple of slight caveats. They're missing a couple of players to start the year. Um, Callum Ponga, who's uh, well-known and probably the best player, he's out for the first three or four weeks, and they're also missing Lachlan Fitzgibbon back rowers. So, um, there's, and it hasn't necessarily been a smooth off-season the Hunter. There's been a few off-season issues which can play a part in these things. So, so maybe maybe wait, wait for them to play a few games before you back them, or would you still go, have they got easy games early or hard games? Yeah, so... Uh, that's they've got easy games. So okay. their first five games they should be four and one, despite having to play line up. They've got a really um, beneficial draw early. I think there's obviously off field controversy in rugby league is like the sun coming up. It's not like it is in the AFL. It's not gonna like the hard week situation or anything like you. You worry that might derail the the boys. Rugby league, it's like. They're, they're <laughs> They cut their teeth on this sort of stuff. Yeah, they don't lose much sleep over it, I think. There was Penrith had a few examples start of last year with TikToks and the light and, and the like, and it didn't really do much negative for them throughout the year. Cool. And uh, last futures for the uh, for the show are uh, least wins. I think you'd like someone there. I do. It's manly. Um, you can get around twenty twenty to one or, or twenty one dollars in decimal placings for manly to win the spoon and and the angle here is probably this hinges on Tommy Trebojevic's hamstring, pretty much. So he's missing the first four or five weeks. And then without Tommy, they they don't look uh, too deep. So um, he's got a history of hamstrings. He's out for the first month. There's, he hasn't played more than 12 games in a season for about eight years. If he misses an elongated period of time, then th- that's real value. They won't be that price for very long. That's some price. I like that. That's a great futures price. They've got four and back. They've got the, like, the premiership halves back together with Des, the coach. Yeah, they, they do. The but Northern Beaches will be humming. Yeah, the Northern Beaches will be humming. They have hummed early with Tommy Turbo having um, sprint races down the course yeah, over with Friday members night. of the public. So it's been, been Didn't do his hammy then, they were told. 
No, no, that happened a couple of hours after in the bathroom, allegedly. Tommy yeah. Turbis, Amy. All right, NRL round one. The first game is a cracker. I've got no idea about rugby league, but when I saw this price, I just thought it was wrong. Um, and I, I just need you to tell me whether or not I'm, I'm right, Benny. The Storm versus the Rabbits, basically pick them, which is $1.90 each side for those that don't know what pick them is. Teams and Cam Smith. Yeah, so teams are as expected as far as nine injuries go. So Cam Smith, the big um, caveat in this, that he's, he's missing first time Storm will not be fielding Cam Smith for a long time. So how they play what they structure up, that's all big questions. And then another layer of that is the uh, new young hooker, Harry Grant, who comes in, he's also out injured. So in many respects, we've got a third-string hooker, but he's also a New Zealand international. So it's not not a bad replacement. But um, this was four and a half. The line was four and a half on this couple of weeks ago. So South's at 245 not that long ago. And um, this has moved greatly. On, on the back of those injuries and also the fact – South Lap St George in the Charity Shield, so um, there are a couple of reasons, but this is this is going to go too far, and I think it's going to keep going further, Cam, in the lead up to Thursday night. I, I think South are going to go favourites at some point on Thursday, and Storm are very backable at that point. That's good. So you think they're going to drift, but hold on to your money and wait till the death, and then have a go at the Storm, then. Yeah, hold now. At some point Thursday, South will be favourites, um, and I think it might it might. Lean back to even up late, but yeah, I, I can see this keep going south way for the next couple of days. What I would do if I was a betting man is I head to the mailbag.com.au, I'd buy Ben's product and I'll let him hold my hand and tell me exactly when to pull that trigger. Oh, it's absolute ripping idea. And that's a great insight too, but I'll just jump in there for our AFL uh, followers that are looking for a bet. To have the home team, uh, Benny's putting up a bet there for, for, for Melbourne Storm on the drift, you know, what is it, Friday night I think it is, or Thursday, 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 Thursday night. night. So what better way to spend your Thursday night than, than jumping into the storm if you're a Melbourneite? That's uh, that's going to be great. That is one thing that rugby league does better than the AFL. You, you, you got footy on Thursday night every day, every night of the every week of the season. I reckon it's a big edge, and it, it gives us something to watch. Yeah, they've got the scheduling right with this one too. Um, Melbourne coming back first on the play. Another reason probably better on first time they're going to play in front of their fans for 12 months too, so... I think they're going to want to put on a bit of a show. I'm a chance of getting there too. Are you? Yeah. Do you, do you reckon beating St. George is much of a form reference though? No, I don't. So th- this is probably the other angle that there's been very little exposed form for most clubs. There's two clubs who have been televised in the preseason, that's South and Dragons. So the public sentiment there plays a big part in that shift as well. What about like the not, – not, I wouldn't bet on the Daily M because it's a weird award officiated by like journalists. It makes no sense. Although – you know my feelings on the umpires telling me who's the best player in the AFL. But well, you and PVL, Latrell Mitchell? Yeah, well, uh, cut you off there, DK. You and PVL are on the same page on that, that PVL is uh, banned betting on Dallium. So well, that's one a thing we know PVL, PVL initiative. <laughs> He's not big on betting. Um, is Latrell Mitchell a player that you think this year could just break out properly? Yeah, he could. And completely dominate? Yeah, so... Like sort of GI style. Yeah, he's got to get fit, similar to GI, that he's um, even in pre-season games, he looks to be probably carrying a little bit for fullback, but um, he's got 12 months in the position, so as far as structurally and positioning goes at fullback, he's going to get better, and, and he's has and he got the team to do it. Like Their attacking capabilities immense south throughout the year. Um, it's a good call, Dicko. He does have that capability. There's the uh, second game we're gonna you're gonna look at, Benny. I think you like something here. Is the New Zealand Warriors versus the Gold Coast Titans? I see it's at 
Central Coast Stadium up in the Central Coast. I assume that the Warriors are going to be playing most of their games in Australia again this year. Um, it, it's uh, because they are the favourites, they're the home side, and they're uh, three and a half point outsiders. So Gold Coast three and a half point favourites. Yeah. So this there's probably a lingering price here with Titans that throughout the summer they they kept shortening on the back of Cam Smith speculation. I don't think the market's quite corrected, and this is this is tied over into round one. That this price is held, I I don't think this three, three and a half is going to be this Saturday. That I've got these two teams rated really similarly um, as far as season ratings go, and as a result, I, I think if anything, that it is a home ground advantage for the Warriors. They played out of Australia last year. They've been based in Sydney throughout the off season, so if anything, I think that favours the Warriors. And this is yeah, this this is a big price of plus three and a half. Two dollars thirty. That is not where I thought you were going. That's interesting insight there, Benny. That that's like a home game for the Warriors. I thought there'd be an advantage there for to the um, Gold Coast Titans. So that's very interesting. Yeah, and that, and that's to have that sentiment's probably fair. But having spent twelve months in Australia, base there, the, you take away travel for the Warriors. They're not going to have to travel to go to Central Coast Stadium on Saturday. Um, and as I said, I think the if this was a neutral venue, if you're talking that parlance, then this would be a pick'em game. I think from me, they're very similar. Yeah, and the Warriors, like the, the away from home factor, it's not going to become relevant, is it, for like sort of a month or two? I don't think so. The the only, you know, I don't know how you weigh into this until you see it, but there's probably lingering effects from spending a second year in Australia, what, what that's going to do to some, to a team that might play a part at some point, but I don't think that plays a part in the early rounds. Great stuff. Okay, last game that we were going to talk about was the Broncos v Para. Uh, at Suncorp in Brisbane, and the uh, Broncos eight and a half point outsiders. Who would have ever thought you'd see the Broncos eight and a half point outsiders at, at home in round one? Unbelievable! And they are they are legitimate wooden spoon candidates again in twenty twenty one. That that is true. I just he's prefacing this because he's about to tip him. Remember, punters, if you're listening, this is his club. <laughs> I just, I just um, isn't he? Yep. And they do it. <laughs> they are getting the old boys back too, Dicko. They're getting they're getting the band back together up there. So. Uh, there might be a little short-term euphoria up in Brisbane with uh, ex-players coming back. But I just think this this price, I think Broncos are going to drift again in this. Um, not a lot of science to it, but I do think round one at home, Parramatta, you know, that they last two-thirds of last season, they weren't overly impressive and they haven't added anyone to their team. I think I think this price, and I'd, I'd be backing them off the stick here head-to-head, I think the... I think the 325, 350, uh, round one at home in front of a crowd, off-season new coach, um, I think I'd be behind Brisbane. Perfect. All right, best bet for the weekend for the punters at home? I'm going to say Melbourne. Um, I don't – I'll say Melbourne 13 plus seven. I think, um, as I said, there's there's reasons there. If you look through these lineups on paper, the teams came out early this afternoon, It's they're very even despite the outs for Melbourne, so – um, home ground advantage. Melbourne, Melbourne's record round one's exceptional too. So they know how to play early in the year. Um, they match up well south. So I think I think Melbourne and and they could run away with this. So Melbourne thirteen plus. And what's the all up paying silver? All up of Benny's tips: uh, Storm, Warriors, Broncos. Head to head, is that? Yeah, head to head, fourteen sixty three. So. It's a good start to the uh, NRL season if he gets them up. That's great insight, Benny. Thanks for having being here t- tonight or today. It's um it's been great to have you here for the first round, and it's a great addition to the barefoot. Yeah, pleasure. Ex- exciting couple of days coming up. Head to themailbag.com.au, Grab Benny's stuff. It's going to be cheap as chips. We're going to be betting rugby league all year long. Very very excited. Yeah, looking forward to it, Dicko.